Will you pray with me, please? God, we just thank you for your wisdom and for the ways in which you guide and direct us. And as we turn toward your word, God, we pray that we would discover your wisdom in your word and that we would each one hear what you would personally say to us today. It's in Jesus' name we pray together. Amen. Well, you may be familiar with an Old Testament story about a man named Jonah who gets swallowed by a whale. If you grew up in the church um, as a child, you may have learned this story. In fact, our children right now today are learning the story of Jonah in the children's ministry. And I asked Courtney, our children's minister, if she could help me out a little bit with this sermon by talking to the kids about what they knew about this story even before their lesson. And I want to share some of the kids that uh, some of the ways that the kids shared that with us. First of all, from Henry. Uh, I love the way that he summarized this story in a very few words. Henry said, he got thrown off the boat because he did something bad and got swallowed by a whale for a long time. Then he got spit out. It is a skill to say a lot in a few words. So good job, Henry. Gavin paid attention to the importance of direction, which is a key point in my sermon. He said, Jonah gets thrown off the ship, that he went the wrong way to stop the storm that was rocking the ship. And then after that, he got swallowed by a whale. He was on a ship to go the opposite way. Gavin and I are tracking on this story. And the last one that I'll share at this point is from Jax. Jax said, he got eaten by a whale. He fell out of the boat. That is all I can think about. I will have to read the story to remember. Yes, reading the story helps us see things that we may have forgotten or that we have never noticed before. And that happened to me as I was preparing this sermon. Jonah is a really interesting biblical character. Jonah is considered a prophet, which means that he was called to speak God's word to the people of God. But he isn't a typical prophet. And one thing that makes him very different is that he doesn't have much to say. Jonah speaks a single sentence as a prophet of God. He says to the people of Nineveh, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Now Micah is another prophet and the book of Micah comes right after Jer uh, Jonah in the Bible. And it begins with an introductory sentence in chapter one, verse one. And then the entire book of Micah the entire seven chapters is Micah delivering God's word to the people. Micah does what a prophet usually does, speaks, not Jonah. Jonah's actions tell the story, and it is a story that unfolds in a completely unexpected way. Now today we're following, uh, we're talking about the wisdom of following God's plan. And we're going to look at how the story of Jonah gives us an example of the wisdom that we find in Proverbs 16, 9. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Now, if you're interested enough in God that you chose to spend about an hour of your Sunday morning worshiping, I'm confident that you have encountered a situation in which you've wanted some wisdom from God about whatever you should do in that situation. You've probably wanted God's guidance in some very practical matters. God, should I stay in my current job 
Or should I start to look for a new job? Should I put more money into the car that I'm driving and repair it again? Or is it time to buy a new car? God, can I trust my teenager with more responsibility? Or would it be more wise to tighten the reins? God, who should I vote for in the upcoming election in a couple of weeks? It sure would be nice to be able to tap into God's wisdom so that we can make choices that will allow things to go great for us as we seek to follow God's plan for our life. And as Christ followers, well, we seek to tap into God's wisdom, not just for our own benefit. I know that many of you have sought God's wisdom regarding how God is calling you to further God's kingdom and bring God's goodness to the world. I've had a lot of conversations with people about how to discern God's call so that you can follow God's plan. Pastor Matt and I are in the midst of teaching Disciples Journey Step 2. And the whole purpose of step two is to raise up multiplying disciples of Jesus Christ by helping people discover God's call on their life, helping people follow God's plan. Now, admittedly, that isn't always easy to figure out. We wrestle with questions like, God, are you calling me to invest more in my family or are you calling me to step into leadership in ministry? God, am I ready? for leadership in ministry? God, is my call to serve as a volunteer or are you calling me to serve you in professional ministry? God, should I be deeply involved in one area of ministry or are you calling me to serve in a whole variety of different ways? A number of people have told me that they wished God would be a little clearer. People joke about wanting a billboard. You've probably heard that before. But do we really want a billboard? And what would we do if we had a billboard? Would we do what it said? Jonah didn't literally get a billboard, but he did get instructions that were crystal clear. Jonah knew exactly what God wanted him to do. And so if you have your Bible with you, I want to invite you to open up to the book of Jonah. It's a small book and it's in toward the back of the Old Testament. It can be hard to find. And so I want to say, go ahead and use your table of contents. That's why it's there to help us find these little books in the Bible. When you get to Jonah, you'll see that it begins with these words. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. There is no question what Jonah needs to do to follow God's plan. He needs to go to Nineveh and he needs to preach against it. He needs to tell them that God is unhappy with what they're doing. God sees what they're doing and God wants them to turn from their wickedness. And so God says to Jonah, Jonah, go. <laughs> and Jonah says, no. In fact, if you keep reading in verse three, you'll see that Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. Gavin already told you that part, so you knew that. From the very start of this story, we see that Jonah is disobedient. Now, 
I want to look down on Jonah because, you know, come on, don't you? I mean, come on, Jonah. You are part of God's chosen people and you have been singled out as the, a messenger of God. You are God's man, Jonah. You've heard the voice of God calling you and you ran away? Like, how could you? What would you do if God gave you clear instructions? Would you follow God's plan? Now, we might want to give ourselves a pass by saying, well, I don't know, you know, because God has never clearly spoken to me. Like, I haven't heard the word of the Lord like Jonah did, and I probably never will. But I think God has clearly spoken to each one of us. God has spoken to us through God's word. And take just a moment, just take a moment and think about one way in which you know that you are not following God's word, following God's plan for you right now. I don't know, maybe it has to do with what you do on your phone. Maybe it's how you spend your money. Maybe it's the way that you're treating your spouse. Maybe it's the way you talk about other people. Maybe it's what you do in your free time. I don't need to give chapter and verse for where in the Bible you can follow God's wisdom in each one of these areas, but I can. How to use your money. Proverbs 22, 9. The generous will themselves be blessed for they share their food with the poor. How to treat your spouse. A wise man's heart guides his mouth and his lips promote instruction. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. How to spend your time. Spend time with the wise and you will become wise, but the friends of fools will suffer. We know what it means to follow God's plan in each of these areas. We just choose not to do it. We're like Jonah. So I think the first bit of wisdom that we find on following God's plan in this story is that we are to start with what is clear. The way to go follow God's plan is to do what you know is part of God's will. You may not know whether it is time to buy a house, but you do know that God wants you to be a good and generous steward with your finances. So start there and seek to live into that wisdom, and that will then put you on the path. But as much as I want to look down on Jonah, part of me doesn't blame him. Uh, he gets a tough assignment. It's like being called to go preach against China. Now imagine that you uh, were called to do that. Imagine, can you imagine boarding a plane bound for Beijing so that you could personally tell the 22 million people of that city that they need to repent or that God will punish, you, punish them? I mean, how long do you think that you would be able to preach that message in Beijing? And if you can even begin to imagine that, you have a bit of a sense of what it was like for Jonah to be called to go preach against Nineveh. You may know that Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian Empire, which was the superpower at that time. And the Assyrian Empire was violent and cruel. In fact, you can read about Nineveh in other parts of the Bible. If you go to the book of Nahum, also in the Old Testament, chapter three describes Nineveh as a city of murder and lies 
a mistress of deadly charms, and a city whose destruction no one will mourn. Does it surprise you that instead of going to Nineveh to carry out his assignment, Jonah gets on a boat and heads in the exact opposite direction? Tarshish is as far away from Nineveh as you can possibly go. It is literally at the other end of the known world at that time. Jonah doesn't want to follow God's plan, and so he tries to run away. Have you ever done that? Maybe it's closing your heart to God because your heart has recently been broken by a very significant loss. Maybe it's refusing to forgive someone who has hurt you. Maybe it's tearing down someone who is significantly different from you. But there is no escaping from God. Jonah is not going to make it to Tarshish because God sends a storm and Jonah gets thrown overboard and then swallowed by a whale or a great fish if you want to be technical about the details. Isabel is only five years old, but she knows this part of the story. She said he got eaten by a fish because he didn't do what God said to do. He prayed and hoped that God would save him. That's what we all do, right? We pray when we're in trouble, hoping that God will save us. Because what else could Jonah do? He literally could not see a way out of there. There's not even a crack of daylight in the belly of a whale. And so Jonah needed help. So Jonah prays, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And then Jonah promises to serve God. And at the end of the prayer, he says that he will praise God and sacrifice to God and make good on his vows. Maybe you've prayed a prayer like that. If you get me out of this mess, God, I will follow you. I will do what you want. So look at what happens. Jonah chapter 2, verse 10. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Jonah may not deserve a second chance, but God answers his prayer. Jonah is saved. Now imagine that you are Jonah. You've been through a lot, <laughs> a terrible storm, a near drowning. You got a firsthand look at the innards of a great sea creature, and now you have no idea where you are. You are on a beach, your eyes are adjusting to sunlight, and you've probably are wiping whale vomit off of you. You are a mess, both literally and figuratively. What do you think God is going to say to you? Do you think God is going to sympathize with you, comfort you, tell you, I'm going to send you some angels. They're on their way to give you a few days of R&R &R at the beach. Nope. That isn't what God says. Do you think God is going to say to you, I told you so. <laughs> this is what happens when you mess with me. Nope. That isn't what God says. What God says is Jonah chapter 3, verse 2. For the second time, I'm going to say to you, Jonah, go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. I think sometimes we can get worried that we're going to miss God's plan for us. What if I don't hear God? What if I hear God wrong? Well, Jonah teaches us, first of all, to start with what is clear. And then secondly, to recognize that God is consistent 
and God is persistent. God calls and calls and calls. God is way more patient than we are. You will never outweigh God. God's timeline is usually much longer than ours. If you want to follow God's plan, pay attention to the messages that you receive again and again and again. God speaks in all kinds of ways, through God's word, through God's people, through your innermost thoughts and feelings, through the circumstances around you. And when you keep hearing that same message in a variety of ways, and when that message is consistent with scripture, you would be wise to pay attention so that you can follow God's plan for your life. After getting shipwrecked, swallowed, and spat up, Jonah was ready to listen. And so when God spoke a second time, Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. So let's recap the story so far. And since Ethan knows it pretty well, I want to invite you to listen as he tells it. God sent Jonah to go to Nineveh to preach to the people, but Jonah didn't want to. So he tried to sail away and hide from God. So then a big storm stirred up and Jonah knew that the only way for the storm to stop was if they threw him overboard. So the crew threw him overboard and he was swallowed by a whale, but not really digested. Then three days later, he was spit out on the beaches of Nineveh and he finally went and preached there. Now don't raise your hand, but if you were asked to tell the story of Jonah before worship this morning, could you have told the story that well? <laughs> So as Ethan said, Jonah told the people of Nineveh what was about, that they were about to be overthrown. But then what happens? Well, shockingly, the people listened to him. Everyone repented. Everyone. The king repented. They even put sackcloth on the animals as a sign of repentance. Jonah's ministry was extremely effective. There's a part of me that's a little bit jealous. I have never given a sermon that has had the impact of Jonah's one sentence message. A whole city was changed and God relented and did not bring destruction upon them as God has threatened. Now, I wish that was the whole story. Jonah receives a call from God. Jonah didn't listen. Jonah paid the price for not listening. Jonah learned his lesson and was obedient. The people listened to the word of God that Jonah spoke and everyone lived happily ever after. But that's not how it ends. There's more to the story. Jonah's mission is successful, but Jonah isn't happy. In fact, Jonah is angry. Look at why he was angry. He says to God in chapter four, verse two, I told you way back when this started and I was still at home, I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God. Oh, you are slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. And at the end of the story, Jonah is sitting under a leafy plant that is shading him from the sun. When God sends a worm that eats the plant and Jonah says to God, I am so angry, I wish I were dead. Chapter four, verse nine. Now, a few weeks ago, Pastor Matt preached about anger 
And if you've heard his sermon, you know that there is holy anger. There are ways in which God's anger is holy because God's will is not being carried out. But this isn't holy anger. This is selfish anger. And it is way out of proportion. A plant dies and Jonah gets so angry that he wishes he were dead. God says to Jonah, you care about this plant. I care about all the people in Nineveh. The end. Really, that's how it ends. It's a short, action-packed story. We didn't cover all the details, but you get the gist. And now here we are at the end of the story. So I want to ask you, how would you finish this sentence? I think Jonah is... Is he wise? We've said throughout this series that wisdom is the ongoing application of God's truth and knowledge to our circumstances. Clearly, Jonah is resistant to applying God's truth and knowledge to his circumstances. So is he foolish? My answer is, I think Jonah is like me. Jonah is one of God's people, as am I. Jonah is called to serve God, as am I. Jonah runs away from God. So have I. Jonah knows what God wants him to do, but he doesn't do it. I've been there. Jonah turns to God when he is in trouble. Haven't we all done that? God gives Jonah a second chance. Haven't we all had more than a second chance? Jonah experiences success in his ministry. Check. And Jonah cares more about his personal comfort than about the salvation of the people whom he doesn't like. Now, I really wish that I was better than Jonah in that regard, but I'm not sure that I am. Reading Jonah's story again prompted memories for me of when God called me to serve God. I wasn't expecting it and it didn't make sense to me. I knew that God was calling me. I knew what God said, feed my sheep. But I was comfortable with the way that life was. I couldn't even imagine being a pastor. I didn't run in the opposite direction like Jonah did. I simply did nothing for 10 years. So I can testify that you cannot outweigh God. I know from firsthand experience how persistent God is. For 10 years, the call simply wouldn't go away. Jonah's biggest hang-up was that he didn't like the people whom, to whom God was sending him. Now, you'll be glad to know that that wasn't my problem. I do like you. In fact, I love you. But I also love my family. And that commitment was already in place when God called me. I was afraid that I couldn't be a good wife and a good mother and a good pastor and feed God's sheep. I didn't want my family to suffer because I chose to pursue a call to ministry. And that is a very realistic concern. Many pastors' families suffer because of a pastor's commitment to ministry. But following God's plan 
is always wise. And I found that to be the case when I finally took a step of faith and began the training that I needed to pursue pastoral ministry. There were challenges, of course. I hated driving in DC traffic during the four years that I commuted to seminary. It took forever to be ordained. And this may surprise you, but sometimes being a pastor is stressful. But there are good things that came out of it too. And perhaps most surprisingly, following God's plan has been a blessing for my family. When I was in seminary, Ken and our youngest son, Scott, who was in high school at the time, bonded over pizza and wings and action movies when mom was away at seminary. Ken even learned how to iron <laughs> because I no longer had time to do that. But best of all, I think that I was able to model for my children what my commitment to Jesus looked like that it looked like following wherever he might lead me. And my greatest heart's desire is for my kids to follow Jesus. And the best way that I know how to help them do that is for me to follow Jesus. Now, like Jonah, I don't do it perfectly. There are many ways in which this story invites us religious people to recognize our faults and our failures. Jonah so consistently does the wrong thing in this story. He is the worst prophet ever. He does the wrong thing and he does it with the wrong attitude. And yet, God's plan is accomplished. That's the good news in this story. You can't thwart God's plan. The worst prophet ever said one sentence and an entire city of people who were very far from God repented of their sin. God will prevail. So you don't have to worry that you heard wrong, chose wrong, or missed your chance because God won't give up on you. So don't give up. Keep going. Keep seeking to follow God's plan. Don't give in when the great storms come your way. Don't give in when petty discomforts wear you down. Don't give in when it looks like you are facing an enemy of overwhelming might. Stay on the path. Not trusting in your strength and in your wisdom and in your maturity, but stay on the path because in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. So commit to the Lord whatever you will do, and he will establish your plans. Amen. Now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of the Father be with you. And may the Holy Spirit come upon you and disturb you and trouble you and set before you an impossible task and dare you to do it until in your desperation you fall to your knees and remain there until he fills you with his power, which alone will enable you to do it. And then, and only then, may the Lord grant you his peace. Amen.